listening to the Living Room North Living Room North podcast. My name is Lauren. Uh, we are in this series, as you can see, called Riz, Roses, and Red Flags. That's the first time I ever said Riz. Um, but we're in the series on dating and relationships, and our friend Jake kicked us off a couple weeks ago and just brought such a great word about uh, what it looks like to be kind of working on yourself um, and asking the hard question of, are you the person the person you're looking for is looking for? So we're gonna kind of jump off of that conversation and continue that tonight. Um, But tonight we're gonna talk about uh, not love, not sex, barely dating. We're gonna talk about singleness, which I know, thrilling, wow, you're so excited to talk about it. I have grown up going to church, and I have heard a lot of series on dating and love, and I just feel like we do such a disservice when we don't talk about singleness, because uh, believe it or not, singleness is something we all experience at some point in our lives. Like, that's a given. You will be single at some point. Maybe you're engaged, maybe you're married, maybe you're in a really serious relationship, and you may not be single again, but there was a point where you were. And so if singleness is something that we all face, that we all walk through at some point, then why don't we talk about it more? So I'm excited to talk about it tonight. Um, For context, to give some credibility, I am single. Um, I'm not dating, so oh my gosh. Thank you. If you know any single man in their 30s who likes Jesus and has an okay credit score, let me know. I am single, I'm not dating, I'm not married to someone, so I say that because tonight when I say things and you're like, wow, I really hate that, guess what, I probably do too. Um, I also am not thrilled about some of the things that I have found to be true, but I'm excited to talk about this tonight because how I feel about singleness now at 29 is very different than how I felt about singleness at 22. Um, I've spent some time thinking about that, kind of coming around to ideas about singleness, kind of debunking some myths about it that I had for a while. And so I'm excited to dive in to tonight because uh, just for myself, I gave a talk similar to this about four years ago. And I was reading that content, getting ready for tonight. And I was like, ooh, I have changed. And that's so exciting. Um, It's so exciting to get older and realize you know nothing. So I um, am looking forward to tonight. I hope it's helpful for you. I'm going to put a disclaimer out there. I don't expect you to walk out of this room tonight and never be sad about being single again. That is not my goal. That's not my hope. That's not realistic. But my hope is that you leave tonight, and if you are single, if you're in that season, you just leave tonight maybe just with a fresh perspective, maybe with a few things to think about that you haven't thought about before. That is simply my goal for tonight. So, Singleness, whenever we hear that, uh, whenever we think about it, usually it's something we try to avoid at all cost. Usually, singleness is something that we rarely desire. It's not something we want. It's not something we seek. Uh, Because we try to avoid it so much, we stay in unhealthy relationships, we become serial daters, and we create actual problems for ourselves because we believe that singleness is such a problem that we would rather create other problems then deal with that one. 
Why is that? Why is singleness something that we try so hard to avoid, that we feel ashamed of sometimes, that we feel embarrassed by, that we even feel afraid of? Why is singleness something that we just don't want anything to do with? And if we're single, we want it to be over as soon as possible. Well, I think the answer is simple. If you look around at any of the media you consume, the world we live in loves to talk about love loves to talk about dating, uh, every TV show, every movie, there is a love interest at some point, uh, whether it's the main plot line or a side plot line, there's always a love interest in a movie, a TV show, there's drama, and they might break up, and the reality TV, I looked this up um, a couple days ago, currently, on cable and streaming platforms, right now, you could find 151 dating shows, 151. Reality dating shows are available to you, which tells me there's a market for them. If we keep making them, people are watching them because people enjoy watching those shows. We enjoy watching people find love in just eight weeks. It's amazing. We enjoy them finding love, their soulmate, yada, 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 and we're so excited. And we love the drama that also comes along with these shows. The Bachelor franchise has been on air for 21 years. 21 years this show has been on, and the last couple years have been really, really bad, so I don't know how much longer it's gonna be on, but for 21 years, this show has been something that people look forward to weekly, that people talk about, that we watch, that these people who are The Bachelor, The Bachelorettes, they become influencers, they become people we know, they host different TV shows. I mean, they get careers from this show, and so clearly they have fans, clearly there are a bunch of people who want to watch this kind of show. And if our world is consuming these things, then we are obviously wanting to find what we're seeing on TV. We're wanting to find love. We're wanting to find relationships. My favorite thing now, um, and this is, I do not mean this to offend anyone at all, but like I said, 29, turning 30 in May, ooh. Um, and I have watched The Bachelor like for years, since high school. I loved it, um, and <laughs> last year, I was watching a season, and there was nothing worse to me than seeing a 22-year-old contestant on that show be like, I've searched for love my whole life, and I just haven't found it, so I came here, and I was like, you searched for love your whole life? You haven't even finished your degree. Like, you haven't searched for love your whole life, but that, for so many of us, we believe, like, if we're not engaged by 23, something is terribly wrong. And so that even the age range on these shows, if you just look at them across the board, it's getting younger and younger and younger because more people are growing up with these shows, more people want to be on these shows, and there's almost like a fear that comes from these shows of if I don't find love before I turn 30, I'm doomed. And so we watch TV, uh, movies, reality TV, we listen to songs that talk about love, that talk about uh, the dark side of love, uh, infidelity and sleeping around, a lot of the things we consume have to deal with relationships. And so, because of that, we don't want to be single because everything around us is telling us that's not right. That's not what you want. Another reason why I think we avoid singleness um, in Greta Gerwig's Little Women, which is such a great movie, if you haven't seen it. At the end, thank you, Ashley. Um, <laughs> At the end, uh, Jo March, who's the main character, she's been writing this book 
the whole movie. And it's about her family and herself. And uh, she doesn't, she's not dating anyone. She does not have a love interest. She doesn't want one. So she turns in this book and the publisher's reading it. And the publisher says, she needs a love interest. And she says, I don't want her to have one. And he goes, but that's what makes things interesting. And how often do we believe that? That in order to be interesting, I need to be dating somebody. Which is insane, because basically what we're saying is, in order for me to be interesting, I need somebody else in my life. I can be interesting alone. But we think that being in a relationship makes us more interesting because, think about, and this isn't bad, this isn't bad, but think about, you're at dinner with your friends, we're going around the table, what's new with you, what's new with you? Are you dating anyone? No, okay, next person. Uh, are you dating anyone? Yes. What does everyone do? Oh my gosh, tell us everything. Tell us everything. Tell us all the details. We're dying, we're hanging, like we just wanna know everything about it. And all of a sudden, that's the most interesting person we've ever seen in the world. And we hold on to that. We can believe, we can internalize that, and we can believe that in order to be interesting, I have to have somebody else to talk about. And so we might find ourselves in relationships just for the content of it, just for the stories around it, just because we want to be seen as interesting or worthy of being talked to more at dinner and being asked more questions, whatever it may be. And another reason why I think we avoid singleness is honestly because of other Christians. Sometimes, maybe, maybe you haven't had this experience. I know I have. Sometimes Christians will uh, tell you, someone told it, uh, me this to my face when I was in college, I think. He said, you've heard this before. Once you're content with the Lord, then he'll bring you your soulmate. Which is such garbage. Like, that line is so, wow. That's all I have for tonight, you guys. No. <laughs> I, that line is so hurtful for so many reasons, but first and foremost, the most important one, it paints a picture of God that is not true. We do not serve a God, we don't have a heavenly father who dangles a carrot in front of us and says, no, you gotta try harder. I know you want this, but you can't have it until you try harder. And so you prove to me that you're perfectly content with me and you think, but I am, I am. And all of a sudden, our faith becomes more about a performance in the hopes of getting something that we want than an intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. And I don't believe that our Heavenly Father wants us to perform for Him with the hopes of just getting one thing. I don't think that's what He wants. And so when we say that to people, it creates a false illustration of God, and it can imply that there's levels of holiness, right? Married people, Oh my gosh, they're the holy of holies. They are the holiest people. They must be so content with the Lord. It's amazing. And because I'm single, I must be on level one. But that's not how our faith works. That's not true. And I don't think any married people, any sane, healthy married people would tell you that they're the holiest pe person to exist. And God proved that to them because they got married. That's not true at all, and so when we say things like that, it is hurtful, it is not helpful, and it creates lies about our Heavenly Father, and it puts us in an unhealthy position in our faith. 
Because then all of a sudden our faith is about getting one thing instead of actually growing in our relationship with God. And so because of all those reasons, we avoid singleness. We don't desire singleness. And singleness becomes a season we want to escape. Singleness becomes a season that we think, okay, I'm here. How can I get out of here as fast as possible? People call it a gift. I would like the gift receipt. I don't want to be here. I want to move this along. God, if I'm going to be single for a year, will you just let a bird like fly by me right now so I know it's just a year max? Like, can you just tell me how long I'm going to be here? Because I can't, I can't do this long. I want to escape. We try to get out of this season as fast as possible because we don't want to be there. We don't want this season in the first place. But unfortunately, when we don't want a season we're in, all we do is miss out on the goodness that God has for us in that season. Because every season God brings you and every season you'll experience in your life has goodness in it. But it's up to us if we want to pay attention to it or not. So tonight, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians, um, and 1 Corinthians is in the New Testament written by Paul, and Paul was writing to a church in Corinth, and some context to this chapter. Uh, this was an early church. These were newer believers, and Paul had been with them, and then he left, and then he heard about some just behaviors that were popping up that weren't awesome. And he writes them a letter to just really point out, hey, you're living this way, and I don't think you should be, and here's why. Hey, I want to encourage you to live differently. I think God has something good for you, but I, I'm afraid you're missing out on it because of the decisions you're making. And one of the areas in Corinth that they really struggled with was with relationships. There was a lot of adultery happening, um, and they just were not treating each other with respect when it came to relationships. And obviously relationships back in Paul's time looks differently than today, but I believe there is um, some truth in his words that we can learn from today as well. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, this is what Paul writes. Paul says, I want you to be free from concerns of this life. Which I read that and I think, what a loving thing to say to somebody. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. He goes on, an unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. Paul goes on, he says, his interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit, but a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. So Paul is saying, hey, when people get married, it's not a bad thing. They don't love God less than single people. They're not holier than single people, but when you are married, your time is split, which is obvious. That's not a crazy idea, but I don't think we think about that a lot. That when you get married, you will have to find time to be married, to invest in your marriage, to spend time with your spouse. But when you're single, you have way more time than you would if you're married. I mean, think about it, for instance, 
Let's say you were single, you had all the time in the world, you could do whatever you wanted, you hung out with your friends, you read, you just did whatever you wanted to do and you served and you were involved in your church and you loved it and you just felt like you could do whatever you wanted. But then you meet somebody and you start talking and now you're on the phone all the time, you're texting them all the time, you're talking to them all the time and then you start dating and now you're hanging out all the time and then you start a relationship with them and now you're really together all the time and it's not a bad thing. If it's a healthy relationship, that's great. But obviously, it's going to take up some of your time. And Paul, who chose to be single, he chose to be single his whole life, is just stating the obvious of, hey, when you get married, you will not have as much time to devote to the Lord as you do right now. You will have distractions. And he goes on and he says this in verse 35. I am saying this for your benefit. I'm saying this for your good, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. So Paul isn't saying this to say, I'm restricting you or God's punishing you or this is supposed to be upsetting. I'm saying this because I want you to be free from worldly distractions. And right now, in your life, you have more time than you ever will, if you're single, to devote your time to the Lord. And again, I am not saying that once you get married, you will stop doing that or you won't have any time for that, but it will look differently than it does now. You see, if you're single and you're in this season and you're not thrilled about it, that makes me so sad for you because this is your one precious life and when we are placed in a season that God has goodness in for us but we refuse to see it because we're bitter and we're sad and we don't want to be here we're waiting for the next thing when we miss out it's such a shame and I just don't want that for any of you I don't want that for myself I don't want that for my friends. You see, I believe, and I, this is one of those things where I was like, oh, I hate that I believe that. I hate that I'm going to say that. But I believe that singleness is a season to embrace and not a season to escape. I just don't think that. I don't think any of our seasons are seasons to escape. I think that every season, like I said, there is goodness in it. And God is intentional with it. And God has our best interests in mind. And so even in singleness, there's something there for you. And I think the obvious and the best thing in a season of singleness is that it just gives you more time and more space to invest in your relationship with your Heavenly Father. I um, recently, uh, last month, went to Japan, which was so cool. Uh, I know, casual. Um, Like real Japan, not like Epcot Japan. I... Um, went with my roommate, we had like talked about it for a while. And then in November, we found some like great deals on flights. And we were like, let's just do it. Let's just go, which was so fun because also a pro to singleness, my money. So I spent it on a plane ticket and we went to Tokyo and we were there for a week. And it was so 
awesome. Like it was the coolest trip I've ever been on. I can't wait to go back. The nicest people I have ever, ever, ever met. They're so considerate, which was a culture shock <laughs> coming from America. Um, but I loved every second of it. And there was one moment where we were, uh, we were in Tokyo Disneyland, which was so fun. And we're just walking around and it was such a beautiful day. Um, and just the whole like, the whole vibe of the day was so awesome. And I remember just sitting somewhere and thinking, I'm so glad this is the season I'm in. And I would have never said that <laughs> a few years ago. But I genuinely believe that. Not that if I were married, I would never go to Japan, but my life would look different. I wouldn't be living with one of my best friends. We probably wouldn't have made that plan together. We might not have bought those plane tickets and this is the season I'm in and that's how I'm deciding to spend it. And I'm so glad that one of the things I got to do was travel to a new country and to have that experience. And it was just that sweet reminder of even when we're in a season that we may not like, God is still so kind to us and so gracious and just has so much good in store. I just loved that moment. And it was funny because when we planned the trip, I, when I told people I was going to Japan, a lot, <laughs> when you work at a church, um, a lot of people were like, oh, mission trip? I'm like, mm-mm. Um, <laughs> everything you do in life is a mission trip, if you think about it. Um, but no. <laughs> and I didn't even think about it until one of my friends was just saying, like, I'm so excited for you to go. I hope God reveals something new to you. And I was like, oh, man, that'd be really cool. And that moment was just a sweet moment of just a good reminder that God's still faithful and that God still cares for me and that God wants me to live my life to the fullest I can. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times we believe that marriage is the fullness to life and we wanna wait for that and I just think there's more to life. So in this season, in the, in the past few years, I have learned that there's three things that I think have really helped me, just three filters to think through. Um, and the first is to spend your time investing in God. This time right now that you have is just so special. And so I hope that you find ways to invest in the one who, will know, who knows you best and will always know you best. Who knows all your thoughts, who knows all your desires, who knows that you're upset, who knows that maybe this isn't what you want. But at the end of the day, he loves you so much and he just wants to spend time with you. And what a gift it is that we have more time than we ever will to invest in our relationship with God. So that means joining a small group, going to church regularly, being a part of your local church, going on mission trips, investing in volunteering at your church, whatever that looks like, but to spend time every single day with your Heavenly Father, and to know that even when you're not thrilled about the season you're in, God can handle that. He already knows. And so to be honest with Him, and what a cool opportunity that is to just have so much time with Him. The second thing is to invest in others. I'm so sorry, I really need to cough, but I'm gonna turn this mic off real quick because that would be so disgusting. How gross would that have been? Uh, it was like just lingering, you know, which is the worst. And I'm like, well, either I just cough or like I choke and die. Um, <laughs> so, 
could still happen, I guess. Um, second thing is to invest in others. I, again, we talked about serving um, a few weeks ago and just talked about how important that is to be giving your life away and to be fighting against the entitlement that we naturally have. And I believe that now in this time of singleness, now I'm not gonna say because you don't have a spouse, because you don't have kids, you have free time. That's the worst thing someone could say to me. They're like, well, what else are you doing? I'm like, I have a life, like I have things going on. So I'm not saying that because you don't have anything else going on, why not volunteer? But I do think it's such a cool opportunity that if you have time, if you have the margin to invest in those around you and to invest in those coming behind you. And I think, like I have a friend who, is single and man she wants she just really hopes that she has a family one day and she loves kids and she's so great with kids and so she serves in her children's ministry because it brings her life and she's like i can't i don't have to wait for my own kids to invest in the next generation i can invest in the in the kids around me and so that's what she decides to do with her time and so to invest in others not only teaches you more about yourself teaches you more about your heavenly father it's a great use of your time um, and the third thing you can do is invest in yourself. And if you want to take that as a treat yourself moment, that's totally fine. It's up to you. But this time in your life is so special, like I already said. And you will learn so many new things about yourself. Even if you think you're the most self-aware person in the world, you're probably not. So none of us are. But this is the time to get to know you, to get to understand your wiring. Um, this is a great opportunity to go to somebody you really, really trust and who will be honest with you and say, hey, what are my blind spots? What are the things about me that I'm missing? Not because, hey, these might be the reasons why you're not dating someone, but just because don't you want to get better? Don't you want to be a better version of you? And so to just grow in knowing yourself and knowing your weaknesses and knowing your strengths, I think is so helpful. I think another great thing to do in this time is to go to counseling, if you're not already. I love my counselor, and if I, had, if I did have my counselor, I don't know if I would have been making it through this season with my sanity. And I think it's so helpful to have a safe place to just confide in and to process things with, but also, if you're not into that, here at Brownsbridge, we have something called Renew. And I did Renew back when I was 23, and it was so helpful. And you get paired with a mentor who just walks you through um, this study and really talks about, hey, this is why you're this way, and this is how that's going to affect your relationships and your friendships and how you view the world around you, and it's so helpful. And so just to use this time to learn more about yourself, because what's true unfortunately and fortunately, is you take you wherever you go. You take you wherever you go. And so don't you want to go into your next season with a you you're proud of and a you who has worked hard to learn themselves and to learn how God made them and to understand more about their Heavenly Father and to invest in others and to walk into this next season proud because you decided, I'm not going to wait to live my life until I get what I want. I'm going to live my life now. And I'm going to have experiences now. I'm not going to put them off. I'm going to experience things now. I am going to try new things. I'm going to take risks. I'm going to move across the country because I've always wanted to. I'm going to try different things. And you're going to learn so much about yourself in the process. In um, college, I was told something that really stuck with me and I really hated, so I'm going to tell you too. <laughs> It was pointed out to me so kindly 
so lovingly and gently. But unfortunately, nowhere in scripture does it say we're promised marriage. But some of us cling to a promise that was never made. And because of that, we miss out. And I don't want you to cling to a promise that has not been made. And I don't say that to hurt you. I don't say that to make you sad. I say that to free you. Because sometimes we hold on to that. That I'm going to get married, I'm going to get married, and when I get married, I'll go and do that thing that I've always dreamed of doing. I'll, I'll move there, then I'll make that career choice, then I'll do this, then I'll do that. But it's never been promised. And so why wouldn't you pursue health now? Take risks now. And spend the most time you can with your Heavenly Father now. I think that's a freeing thing to be told, hey, unfortunately, I know you want this, and I, I know some of you that is shattering to you, and I'm, I'm so sorry, but I don't want you to miss out on the goodness in this season because you're so fixated on the one you actually want. I don't want that for you. And so to let that go and if it happens, great, but if for some reason marriage is not in your future, the question you have to wrestle with and the question you have to answer is, will you be okay? Can you handle that? Do you believe that God is still good? Do you believe that God still has your best interest in mind? Can you be okay? And the sooner we can wrestle with that question, the better. And the sooner we can take our honest feelings to God and the sooner we can turn to scripture and really see what it says, the sooner we can do that, the better. Because I don't want you holding out for a promise that has not been made. But if marriage is in your future, if that is in God's plan for your life, there's a quote that I read recently that really redefined my view of singleness and just really helped me think about how I want to live this season, how I want to live this present, current, precious life that I have. And it was in a book called Remember God by Annie Downs, who is an author and a podcaster that I love and I highly recommend. And she is single. And she wrote this in her book. She said, if I got exactly what I wanted tomorrow, how would I want to live today? If I knew the season was going to change tomorrow, how would I want to live the sunset of this season? If the empty spaces were soon to be filled, what did I want my days to look like leading up to it? If what you really want came your way tomorrow, how would that change your today? What are the things you're wanting to do? What are the things you're wanting to try? What are the things you're just man, one day when I'm married, one day when I'm married. But what about today? What about right now? What about trying really hard to find the goodness that God has? And it's tough, and it's much easier to be bitter, and it's much easier to mope around and to wait. That's easier. 
the tougher choice is to believe that God is still good, that God still has a plan for your life, God still has your best interests in mind, and God still loves you more than you will ever know, and he's not punishing you, and he is not restricting you. He's not waiting for you to perform a certain way, but instead he's right next to you throughout every season of your life.